<laughs> Boom, that's it. Okay, we're live. Look at this. This is a, this is a special treat for not only everybody else, but for me. You know, three of the greatest swim coaches in history, all sitting around a room. And this all came about in the last couple of hours. I, I put it on them. I, uh, I said, I, I need you guys to be on camera together because I, I knew you together. Anyway, uh, Bob Bowman, Michael Ball, Vince Raleigh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yes. Now, we are, we are coming live from Bob's office. We're, in, uh, we're, in, we're at ASU. There's a little bit of action in the background. What is that, the pool behind you? It's the pool behind me, and uh, I think the water polo team's finishing up, and they're going to start turning it to long course. So at ten, we can uh, have workout. Right, you got you got workout coming up. So we're 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 um we're getting you early. It's nine o'clock in the morning where you guys are. It's uh it's lunchtime where I am in in Delaware. Um, look, there, there's so many things to talk about, and I've had I've had uh, a bunch of different coaches on the podcast, and generally when I speak to coaches, I'm talking more about their philosophy. I don't really go into Workout. So I really wanted to um, dig into some workouts here. It's funny, you know, when I when I look at some of my workouts that I've got, you know, like I've I, I used to keep fi files like this. I've actually got a file. This is this will surprise you. I've got a file on Bob Bowman's workouts. Look at that. I got Bob Bowman's workouts right here. Yeah, you wouldn't believe that. Um, some of my favorites. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, <laughs> I tested them out. They didn't work as well for me as they did for you. But um, I've got uh, I've got Richard Quicks. Richard Quick used to write his workouts on this blue this blue paper for, for I don't know why, but he loved blue. And then um, so I've got like thousands of workouts from Richard Quick. So um, we're going to talk workouts today. So let's do this, Bob. Give us a, a brief rundown of what you guys did last night, because I know it was a very, very interesting workout and you had some success with it. Talk to me about that. Um, yeah. Wednesdays are typically some sort of quality work for us, uh, you know, at race pace. Uh, the majority of the people that I had last night, you know, I have a, a relatively large group of about 16 people and I kind of farmed out those that wouldn't really be doing butterfly or kind of maybe a little more speedy oriented to Herbie last night. So we had really a 400 IM group um, and we went for butterfly. So what we did was a, a rather long preliminary thing of about it was 3,500, I think, Michael, right? Yep. Where there was some underwater kicking, there was an extensive warm up, there was a pulling set just to kind of get them going. And, you know, Molly and I were talking, you know, we do these sort of long preliminary things so that we can get most of the stuff done before the main set. Cause then after it, we don't have to put in too much stuff. Mm. Um, so that was good. Yeah. Uh, and then our main set was a set of fifties where they went two fifties on uh, 40 freestyle and they had to maintain a six beat kick and just kind of keep it moving. And then he did two fifties fast butterfly on 50 seconds yards. So I was hoping to get a one-to-one -one work to rest ratio. And then they did four and four, six and six, eight and eight. And we got really good quality on that. We asked them to have uh, a consistent stroke count and kick count on the butterfly. And, uh, you know, I got some of the best results. Leon was 23s on pretty much all of them with five strokes, both laps. Uh, Chase was in there with some 23s and four lows. And I thought Reagan was really good. She was 25 high on basically every 50, a couple 26 mm. lows. Wow. Um, so we we're trying to basically be at max VO2 in butterfly in a way where we're sort of building it up. So it's more related to a 200 than probably a hundred. Uh, and I thought that was really successful. 
Excellent. Um, why do you uh, progress like that? Why do you go from two to four to six to eight? Why not go the other way around, let's say? I do sometimes, and probably okay. in the spring, it would be backwards. Okay. But I think in the early season, we're trying to build up the quality. So I think the two gives them a good chance to kind of get their stroke together, to kind of see where they are speed-wise, and then try to keep adding that and holding it as instead of getting faster every round, they're trying to kind of extend it. So it's more of a speed endurance activity. Wow. But at the end of the year, I would definitely reverse it and try to get them to go faster as they went through Mm. Um, I, I overlooked a fact he had to be an Olympic gold medal coach to be on this podcast this, today so um, <laughs> that's pretty good uh, another fact that I've totally overlooked here is we've got two Australians sitting with an American I mean this this would this happen 20 years ago I mean first of all we're going live around the world that wouldn't happen 20 years ago but what the hell are two Australian coaches sitting in an American's office sharing workout ideas what's happening Bali tell me well, I think, you know, we've been very lucky. Swimming Australia um, has supported us to come over. Uh, we're visiting Bob, obviously. Bob, uh, you know, Bob's reputation goes without saying, but um, he's been producing great swimmers over a number of years, you know, the last 20 or 30 years. So it's just great to have the opportunity. The timing was right for Vince and I to come over. Uh, we're here with another group of about eight or nine coaches, uh, rugby league coaches, rugby union coaches, and Australian rules coaches. Uh, one New Zealander and all the rest are Australian. Uh, Lynn Nugent is the other Australian swimming coach that's involved in this tour. So we're just very, very lucky to have the opportunity and, and just loving every minute of it so far. Wow. Vince, what about you, mate? You've, you've been there and done that with everything there's, you could ever possibly do in the sport. Why, why spend your time traveling over the other side of the world to continue to learn? <clears throat> I suppose... Um probably coming closer to the end rather than the beginning of my career. But uh, I did it. Did I, uh, <laughs> I came over in 1995 where I visited um, John Abanchek, um, you know, went to Sanford and also Cole Berkeley, North Thornton. And I, I think what I got out of that particular tour was really, you know, those ideas that I still use a lot. So when I found out about this and Michael told me, I thought, yes, I, I probably need that sort of stimulus. I mean, mm. I think if you're not learning, um, you probably should give it the game up. So yeah. that's why I'm here. I love it. I love it, mate. Beautiful. Um, we've got an audience of people and there's questions coming in. So I want to start to throw some at you. Bob, I know that this in particular, it kind of hits home to you in terms of the the breath, the breath control, and all this kind of stuff. You, you know, you've got experience with this. So, so tell me your philosophy on this. Yeah, I do train breath control, and I, you know, when we're doing a breathing pattern in swimming, it's not so much for conditioning as it is for stroke discipline. I think when they do, if we're doing a lot of pulling set, and I have them do the first four hundred or some part of it where they're breathing every three or every five or every seven. They're getting balance, right, by breathing on both sides. And they also just have to think about what they're doing more instead of just kind of go through it. So mm. while I do think there's some sort of conditioning there, I don't think it's enough to really make a difference, but it's very good for stroke discipline. Um, we do some underwater work, but I do it in a controlled fashion so that, you know, we can make sure it's safe. Uh, last night in the beginning of that set, we were doing some 25s where we started on 30 seconds, got down to 20 seconds, and they were going 
two of them where they did fly, two right, two left, two both strokes, and then two of them underwater kick. And so they were going a couple rounds of that on 20, which is pretty challenging, but certainly doable and not something that puts them in jeopardy. But those are the ways that I would really use breath control. I don't really use it to kind of see how far they can go or right. without breathing. I, I like it for stroke discipline, and I do like to condition the underwaters because they have to learn how to do that. Right. I'm going to ask all three of you the same question, or just give me, I'll ask the question and you guys give me your opinion. Um, the way that you structure your workout, Bob, I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of your workouts here and, and it looks to me like the way you structure it is that you have a set warm up for everybody and then you kind of split off into groups, you know, is that the way you still write your workouts and, and, and why do you use that formula? Uh, well, when I was back in the club days, you have to do everything. So a hundred percent, I did that. I'm a little, uh, more fortunate now that my group is a little more homogeneous. So there are probably only two things maybe that are going on. And like today's main set, we're going to have the same set, but some people are going to be doing, the IMers will be doing breaststroke during part of it. Some people will be doing fly if they don't do any breaststroke. Uh, so you just kind of vary it that way. Um, so it's probably not quite as many things mm -hmm. going on now as it used to be because my group is a little more homogeneous, but, um, yeah, I, that's kind of how we used to do it all the time at NBAC. Yeah. What about you, Bowley? I mean, you've got a group, you've you got a wide range of athletes and, and you have success, you know, from the 50 to the, the 1500. I mean, you coach everybody, uh, just, just like the, the other coaches you're sitting with right now. So how do you structure your workouts? Yeah, we've really got three groups, uh, much similar to Bob, I guess. We've got a distance group uh, that's got a couple of 1,500-metre swimmers in there. There's one girl that does open water. And the main body of our group is really middle distance. So our program is very much focused on middle distance. Uh, of the 18 swimmers that are in the group, I'd say there's about 11 or 12 middle distance athletes. And then the remaining sprint group, there's between three or four athletes in that. So I like keeping them together for warm-ups uh, most of the time. Um, and then we just normally splinter, uh, splinter off uh, into whatever the main set is for that day. Obviously, you don't want the sprint people doing what the distance right, people right. are doing and so on and so forth. So we tend to be very, uh, you know, very individualized, but we do come together for warm-ups. Uh, we do sometimes like dry land activity before we get in as a group. I think it's nice to keep that structure, uh, but I think it's important these days that you really try and give swimmers work in training that's going to promote uh, and actually get them better in their particular event. Right. I think, you know, back in the old days when Bob yeah. and I were swimming, probably a bit, a bit after Vince, but, uh, you know, coaches like Bill and Laurie had us all doing the same thing, whether, yeah. whether we were sprinters or mm. whether we were distance swimmers. I think now it's a lot more individual. So I think mm. you've got to really pay attention to that. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Vince? You know, when you've got uh, a a wide group of athletes and you've got different programs going on at the same time. How do you give everybody the attention they need as a coach? You know, what's the advice you could tell a young coach? Um, we probably um, break up into, you know, mid distance, distance traditionally and some form strikers. So pretty much like Michael said, if we can do the warm up together, we'll do that. And then we break up into the, the various groups. Uh, maybe after a common main set, then individual stroke work or kick or something like that. Um, at the moment, we're 
we've only just started back probably four or five weeks ago. Um, I'm, I'm mainly working with a, I've got a, what I call a sprint project going and, mm. uh, and then I've got mid-distance form. So I'm working with only two groups. Sometimes um, an assistant will take one of the groups in the main set and I'll take the other. So it's a bit like we Jack McLaughlin, for example, is retired. So we don't have too much in the um, distance group anymore. Right. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, Bob's got one of the best sprint coaches in the world out there working with him right now. I'm sure Herbie can help you out there. I got nothing for you. Um, but um, <laughs> um, listen, you know, athletes come along and they kind of put their name on a workout. They put their name on a set. There seems to be uh, a set that's out there that, that's called the Grand Hackett set, I guess. So that's yeah. pretty famous that, that you've used quite often, Bob, I believe, in your programs. From what I understand, it's – 40 fifties freestyle whatever the stroke is uh so it's um grant obviously did it freestyle 40 fifties you go 16 every fourth fast on 45 12 every third fast on 50 eight every second fast on 55 and then you go four all out on 60. um tell me why you like this set so much bob well i like it because well number one i like the way that it kind of develops pace right so in the first round, you're doing it every fourth one fast. So you can easily hit the pace, the stroke count, whatever you're looking for. And then as the rest in between goes down, it becomes more challenging until you're going five in a row at the end. Uh, and that's a you know pretty good metabolic challenge and try to maintain the stroke and things that you're doing. The other thing I love is it's so versatile. You can do it in a single stroke. A week ago, I did the 16 and the 12 uh, fly and then the last eight backstroke or you can go for, you know you can split it in half i've done it mm. with iemers where you do the 16 fly and the next the 50 one's on 50 back the next one's breaths and the last four free or you can just do an im go fly back breast free fly back breast free so it's super versatile and we always get good performances on it so the kids love it they actually love swimming that set right why did why was it called the grant hackett said did he just do it so well it that dennis, got it from dennis and grant did it I think right. when Michael, the first time I saw it, he and Michael maybe did it when we were visiting, you know, in Miami one time. Michael didn't claim it off him. It shouldn't be called the Michael Phelps set now. <laughs> no, we don't have any Michael Phelps set. That's just too much. Oh, come on. There's got to be some Phelps sets out there. Bali, have you taken a Phelps set? Come on. Give me a, give me a Phelps set, Bali. What have you taken from Bob? Well, I think, you know, we've only been here for one, <clears throat> pardon me, we've only been here for one session, but I think it's very evident you can see right from the first session. Vince were talking about last night, um, just the discipline. Um, you know, Bob mentioned about the stroke counts. Um, you know, Leon was just awesome on his underwaters, um, you know, just separating himself from the other swimmers that were in the group last night purely by his underwater. So it's not something that's just done at the meet. Obviously, it's done in training on a regular basis. And he's developed that over the last 18 months with Bob. Um, and, you know, just the, just the discipline, the consistency of what they did. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Bob's got a great group and I think what he's doing really well, he's got a great band of coaches that are working with him as well. Mm. Obviously, Bob can't do it on his own. Mm. Bob will be successful in Paris. He's got to have a good group underneath him, not only of swimmers, but of assistant coaches helping sure. him in the field. Yeah. 
This is just, this is awesome. Like I found out about this just randomly last night that you guys are all sitting around the pool deck together. I think this is fantastic. I love it. Uh, and, I, and I know a lot of people are excited to have you guys sitting here. Here's another question from the audience. When great minds come together, how do you s discuss your differences? Well, so far we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no differences. I mean, obviously, coaches are going to have um, different ways of doing things. Like, you know, Michael with his athletes to me and Bob with his athletes. I just think um, it's good to come and watch a program as I said, I spent some time with, with the sprinters last night um, seeing what you and Herbie talked about at our conference not that long ago. So it's good mm. to see that in operation rather than just hear about it. So I think I'd recommend to any coach that, you know, to get in and watch other programs, preferably programs at a high level and uh, take it back to the, their home environment. I think but no, not as yet. I don't yeah. think yeah. it's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. I'm still like it's just it's uh, it's wild that we're sitting here, two Australian coaches with an American coach preparing uh, the the best French kid in in uh, you know, him. What, what's happening? What is going on? Um, <laughs> Uh, it's amazing. All right, let's go with another comment here. Let's have a look at this one. Has tapering evolved a lot in years? Is it more, uh, it's more established science now or trial and error still? What, what's the deal with taper for you, Bob? Um, I don't know that it's evolved that much, except I probably do more of it than I used to. I think that's how I probably evolved. But really? Okay. Yeah, well, I think I taper them a little bit more than I would have before, I, I, one of the things that I thought was very interesting this year, I went with Leon to the French camp in Canet. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was giving him not that much, less than I had given before anybody. And I was like, I think this is the right thing to do. And I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And all the French coaches I could tell were thinking, oh, my God, is that all you're going to do today? And I was like 4K. It wasn't like 1,500. But, like, mm. you know, I, I was way under – and so at the meet, I was like, okay, maybe we did get that right. So I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm trying some things. Uh, but I do think in taper, the key element is only change one variable at a time. So when, if you're dropping the volume, the intensity has to stay the same. Mm. And if you're keeping the volume up, the intensity has to change. You know what I mean? There are a couple things you can work on. But the key thing for me is don't drop the volume and the intensity. That's a recipe for failure. <laughs> Right. At least in my book, the way our program runs. What do you right. guys think about that? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like, I think the big thing that I've learned over the years, I suppose, is just the individual nature of it. I yeah. think, you know, some sort of need to keep that volume up a little bit during the last couple of weeks, and others, more the sprint athletes, you know, just need that rest a little bit more. So I think it's just learning and going through, um, you know, working with each of the individuals as soon as you've got in your program. Yeah. I think there's little subtleties that you need to understand and know with each of the swimmers that you've got. And I think the only way you learn that is by going through taper with that individual. So I think, you know, um, I think, you know, probably the word I'm looking for is experience. I think experience is your best teacher of what you can do sort of moving forward. But um, mm. I think a lot of coaches, what I sort of see over the years, you know, going away on Australian teams, I guess, like I think 
a lot of coaches tend to, um, you know, panic a little bit and, you know, get really stressed during the taper. Like I think, you know, you as a coach have to remain as calm as you can. Of course, we're all yeah. anxious and a little bit nervous about how your charges are going to go. But I think the more, you know, relaxed and calm that you can be as a coach, the more more sort of relaxed your athlete is. So that's probably the best bit of advice I could get. We individualize training in the pool. So why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, I have a question in regards to women's sprinting. Australia seems to have just gone to another level. And Vince and, and uh, Bali, you could probably talk to this, to having witnessed it. Bali, you've got, you've got the best there is. So it's like, what's going on in Australian sprinting for women? Um, we, we, call it, we call it sprinting, right? But a lot of these girls come from kind of middle distance backgrounds generally, you know, but now we, we, we are seeing, seeing more of the specialists where they do the 50s and 100s solely. It used to be kind of women would come down from the 200 and swim the 100, but you got these women swimming, you know, 52 flats. Is What is there, like uh, uh, 35 of them in Australia right now? How, how many have you got? <laughs> how many do we have? <laughs> What's happening down there? Well, it's hard to put your finger on. Look, I think there's just a, I guess there's a bit of a history with sprinting. I think, you know, the good swimmers that we've had over the past of, uh, you know, 2004, Shannon Rollison did a great job with Jody Henry. And in his squad at Chanley, he had about four or five yeah. or six girls that were swimming between 53 and 54, which was really fast swimming back in the early 2000s. Mm. And I think just that constant upward pressure from people trying to make teams. You know, if you want to make the Australian team for Paris, you've got to swim 52 for the 100 freestyle. So I guess the knowledge of that, you can either complain about it um, or you can do something about it. Um, so it's just a lifting of standards and um you know we've we've had national event camps don talbot introduced them back in the 1980s 1990s where all the best sprinters got together in brisbane or the gold coast for a training camp for a week and in the last i guess six to eight years simon cusack uh, has been in charge of that sprint group yeah. and i think kate and bronte campbell led the way and all the other girls that came to the camps were able to see the standard uh, you know, just the training standards. So if they wanted to get down to 52, these are the non-negotiables that you had to do in training on a consistent basis. And I think uh, coaches coming to the camp, 
other female coaches attending the camp could see very clearly what the top girls were doing. And I think in so doing, that just lifted, uh, you know, lifted the standard in Australia to, you know, to a very, very high level. All right, give it up then, Bowley. Give us an uh, Emma McKeon set, uh, sprint set. Come on. Oh, well, you know, there's just so I'm many you can do. Like, it just depends what you're trying to work. I think, you know, there's sort of front-end work or there's back-end work. Yeah, give us, give us the front-end, you know, because we, we talk a lot about the back-end. So give us a front-end one you would do with her. Well, I think it's just doing sort of speed work in training. I think, you know, you know having Emma get up in training and, and, you know, without a suit on, trying to some 24s and trying to do it with relative comfort. Mm. Uh, you know, that takes a way to do that. You can't just get up and do it straight away. But, you know, when she's swimming well, she's able to get up uh, in training. I won't say on a regular basis, but she's able to get up without a suit on and swim 24 for a 50. And I think when you can do mm. things like that in training, it gives you the confidence to be able to go out in 24 high, 25 zero feet on the wall, the first 50. Mm. So I think, you know, getting up and training, swimming those sorts of times fairly regularly, uh, you know, we do quite a few 25s, we do 35s, 50s. Um, uh, we do a lot of work uh, on the harness, you know, some, uh, you know uh, speed assisted work, trying to get their front end a little bit better. So, you know, tying the harness to the end. Uh, Molly, do you still use those QAS charts that, that have all the time split ups and things like that? Yeah, the QAS charts are a really good initiative. You know, you're able to break down 35 metre splits of people who are swimming 51 or 52 and you can replicate those 35 meter reps during training so they're a good aid to training as well um you know some examples of sets that we do i guess you know blocks of 350s where we go 25 dive 25 easy that might be on 90 then a push 35 15 easy that might be on 75 and then we go a 50 fast uh, on the back of that trying to hit back end speed mm. we might do an easy 300 meters between that and go through that four times. So the expectation on that for Emma would be, you know, on the 25, she might be looking for 11 twos, 11 threes. On the 35, she might be down to 17s. 17 highs, 18 lows for a push. And on the 50s push, you like to see her under, under 26.5 at the end of it. Mm. So those sorts of sets, I think, are, you know, probably a good way of developing both the front end speed and the back end speed together. Um, so I think, you know, they're, they're the uh, sorts of things that we uh, do. And I think I mentioned to you last time we spoke, Hawkey, just that little step test that we do that I found very good. And uh, we normally do this short course meters where we go four 100s on 130 um, and then 100 or 200 easy. Then she drops down to three 100. So one 100 less on 145, trying to swim at a faster level, mm. two or 300 meters easy, two 100s on two minutes trying to swim the fastest speed you can do for two 100s back-to-back, mm. then a three or a 400 easy, and then a 100 max from a push. And it's just mm. nice to, to monitor that and see the improvement from when you start to when you finish uh, over the course of the season mm. to see how, you know, the average times on each one of those blocks gets a little bit faster as you go through. So I think it's, you know, coming up with those sorts of sets that are going to challenge the athlete. I think um, what you can do is do those sets too many times. I think we as coaches have to come up with creative ways of trying to make the challenge a little bit yeah. different and new. Mm. Keep repeating the same thing, it, uh, it sort of becomes very uh, you know mundane and tedious for the athletes to do. Yeah, so, you know, we try and think of new new ways of uh, you know new ways of doing things. 
I love it. It's beautiful. Um, I'm going to bring in some special guests here in a second. I've got one one more thing for for Vince. I mean, you you coach the fastest breaststroker in history, right? Zach Stubbly Cook. And so, can you tell us? Um, you know, give us give us a 200 breaststroke set that that makes him feel comfortable, ready to take on the world. Um, I suppose not at this part of the season, but when when, when we get going, we, we'll do heart rate and breaststroke. Like normally early season, we just do freestyle medley, um, mm-hmm. and then maybe into uh, freestyle to breast, um, and then we develop it into all breaststroke. But one thing that we sometimes do is say maybe go three one hundreds on two minutes. Um, aerobic two and then two one hundreds at aerobic three and then one one hundred at threshold and then maybe follow that up with say six fifties on sixty five two hundred uh, pace rate number mm-hmm. uh, maybe a hundred easy and do that three or four rounds he he likes and then on those fifties he he'd be probably pushing 32-0 or better, um, which is, I mean, not everybody in breaststroke can do the, the same amount of breaststroke. Like I had Brenton Rickard back in 2008 and 2009. He was a very, he was a great breaststroker, but his, his propensity to do breaststroke was less than Zach. So I think, you know, you have to find out if your breaststroke can do four sessions a week or maybe he's only two a week but uh zach has got a great range of motion i think that allows him and he's not such he's not a really big guy like brenton was so he can handle the breaststroke a bit better but that's a typical set for you i love it i love i appreciate you guys sharing those um all right we're going to bring in some special guests someone that knows bob bowman better than any person on earth i'd imagine i mean spent a lot of time with you so we're going to We'll see what happens here. Here he is. Hey, hey coaches. Here's the guys. How's it going? Hey, guys. Well, are you giving us all the secrets? <laughs> the round of <laughs> Keenan, where are you coming from? Uh, we're, we're right uh, in Colorado Springs. We're at USA Simmons headquarters. All right, excellent. And you got Eric with you? Yep. Pulled awesome. me in, saw me, said, hey, come on in. Somebody who <laughs> you know. Beautiful, beautiful. What, what what can you guys tell us about the magic and the genius of Bob Bowman? Come on, let's let's embarrass him a little bit here. Uh, well, I guess from my perspective, uh, I think I, it'd be more of a question for for all three of the coaches: Is your guys sustained success? Like Foley said, it's been almost thirty years of Olympic individual medal success. Um, for both, for, for all three of you. And uh, I mean, how is that done? I mean, like, I would love to hear each each of three of your opinions because I, I may know Bob the best, but uh, it'd be inappropriate for Eric or I to, to disclose why he thinks he's been so successful in the entire yeah. spectrum, right? You yeah, had Emma McKean in the 50, and you guys go all the way up to the 1500, like, and in every stroke. So what's, yeah. what's, what is that secret? Yeah, Bob, tell us what's the key to your su- success and, and longevity? You know, you know, generations of athletes coming through and you're just killing it. <laughs> uh, 
just stay with it, right? That's a key part. You know, that's a big part of it. Uh, I think that as you start your career, you start to learn some things that work for certain people. And then I had the great good fortune to have a couple athletes stay with me for 20 years, right? Mm. So we work on some a lot of things. Usually they're mm. four or five years and that's it. Yeah. But I think you you learn some things that you believe are the foundation of your program. And then you start to say, okay, how does that evolve over time? Because it can't just stay the same, right? I can't do the same thing now I did in 2000. It's not going to work. Uh, so you're adding new things. You're learning about technique. You're listening to guys like this give you those sets, which I'm going to write down as soon as this is over and <laughs> use them straight up. And then I'll try to see how they work in our program and maybe tweak them a little bit. But I think that's the key is you're constantly growing and learning. And that's how you can improve as a coach and how your swimmers are going to improve. So to me, it's like just never stop learning. Always try to find a way to do it better. Yeah, Vincent and, and, and Bowl, you've been around since I was on the pool deck uh, running around. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> you've been there a little while. But so um, what's the uh, yeah, what's what's the secret to your success, Bowling? I don't think there's any secret, like I said before. I think it's, um, you know, we've got this saying in Australia, you I can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. So you've got to have great athletes, in other words, coming into your program to work with. Like we're, we're, we're really only as good as the athletes we have coming to us. So I just had the good fortune to have a number of really good athletes walking through the door. And I guess you've got to try and get a, a great relationship. I think communication uh, is the key. Uh, they've got to believe in you. You've got to believe in them. And I think if you've got that sort of relationship, um, you know, going from the onset, you're setting yourself up and your athlete up for success. Um, I think you've got to keep developing, like Bob said. I think it's very important to, um, you know, look at what's going on in the world, study, you know, the great athletes that are performing at such great levels, look at technical changes that are happening in our strokes, uh, listening to other coaches on podcasts, listening to their lectures. I know. I've listened to Bob speak uh, ad nauseum on a, on a Sunday afternoon. I normally sit down and that's my little hour to try and develop myself as a coach and getting on listening to podcasts, listening to lectures from Bob and, and uh, Eddie Reese and those, uh, you know, caliber coaches really helps me with my coaching. Um, mm. I think, you know, having good, uh, you know, support staff along the way. And I think, you know, what you've got to try and do as a coach is really create an environment that's hard working. Um, you know, to get that success. If you've got a group of swimmers that understand the relationship between hard work and success, that's really the foundation of your program. But if you've got athletes coming in thinking they can be successful without putting in work, that's when those problems start to uh, unravel within your group. Yeah. Uh, Vince, I'm really lucky at the moment to have that, you know, a group of about 18 swimmers that are all you know, really supportive of one another and, you know, setting a really high standard in training. And we're just hoping in the next two years we can we can benefit from that uh, once Paris comes around. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, Vince, let me ask you this. You know, you, you've been around for a long time. So how has your writing of workouts evolved in that time? Like, for, you know, the way that workouts were written in the 80s is not the way that they look now. So how have you evolved in terms of your writing? Probably not much. <laughs> um, I, I, still write, I, I still write on a logbook, uh, much like you showed the logbooks, Richie Quick and yeah. Bob before. Um, got the logbooks, there we go. Similar. So, 
and then photocopy the workouts and, and pass them on to the swimmers. Um, mm. Talk about the workout before you get in and what you're trying to get out of it for the swimmers. Uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, staying in the sport, which Keenan was talking about, I think it's, for me, it's about the challenges of getting the best out of people and what, what you know, just working with them and to try to achieve that goal. I think I find that motivating for me and um, that's probably the main thing. But as far as workout riding, not much has changed. Yeah, okay. Uh, Eric, I want to ask you a question in terms of uh, Bob's influence on you. What's that been like? Uh, yes, it was, uh, it was amazing from the time I you know, came in in North Baltimore and uh, thought I knew a little bit about swimming and then learned very quickly year one, probably month one, that I knew nothing about what I was doing. And uh, it was really a master's class in, in, in learning how to coach. And uh, Bob was very patient with me, even when he decided to one day quiz me on uh, great Australian coaches. And I had no, sorry, guys, I had no idea who anybody was. So mm, uh, yeah, quite, yeah. you remember that? Exactly. So <laughs> it was quite an education on that as well. <laughs> well, you know who they are now because they're winning everything, damn it. Right. Look at these Look at these guys over here. No, um, Keenan, let me ask you then. You, you've, you've been on the deck for many a great Bob Bowman workout. What, what are some, what, just give me a memorable one, something that really hits home for you. Jeez, well, I saw five straight days of them there last week when I was down visiting them. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, come on, give me one, you son of a gun. Give us one. Man, <laughs> don't look at me. You pick one. I mean, there, there's so many memorable ones. Like everybody always asks, like the most memorable one that Michael ever did because everybody wants to know it. And I just, you know, Michael was just consistency, right? So. His, his goods were great, but his bads weren't awful. And his, his were just consistency. I think of that freestyle set that uh, another Frenchman did. Yeah. Um, I think of the, the Schmitty set, the kick the kick freestyle set in Miami. What, yeah, what was that set again, Bob? That'd be a good one. That's where you go. Uh, it's 200 free swim and a 150 free kick, and they're on the same interval. And it kind of worked out to where she was going on 155. And I think on 155, she was pushing 148 and then kicking 148, right? So it's pretty good. That was that was in London, on preparation for London. So, yeah, that was good. Really got some, good. we got some uh, special guests watching the show, so appreciate that. You guys, everybody stops when you guys talk, so it's good. Uh, you, you, know, you know the impact you've had on swimming when you get people coming in to, to watch live, so... Um, uh, listen, we, we are running out of time. You guys have got to get to a workout soon. And um, you got some of the greatest athletes in the world lining up, waiting to be worked out. Um, tell us, uh, what's the goal today? You're only doing one today, Bob. What's what's the goal? Yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, we single. It's going to be long course meters. Today is going to be, uh, for the IMers, largely aerobic in nature because we went to hard quality yesterday, but it also has a technical component. So they're going to go five rounds through a set, where there's a hundred backstroke, where they have to kick out to 15 fast, and then they can swim moderate. That's a 140. They're going to go 450s on 55, where two of them are breaststroke, largely focusing on legs. One is three kicks and one pull. One is two kicks and one pull. One is a, a build where they start extra long and sort of build their tempo to get their stroke together, and then one is going to be at pace. And then from there, they're going right into a 300 free. 
And the first two rounds are on four minutes. They have to be under 330. The next two rounds, the freestyle will be on 350. They have to be under 320. And the last round, on, they have to be under 310 on uh, 340. So it's not really that tight of an interval. And it's just kind of letting them do some work, but nothing that's going to like kind of kill them and maybe have some good stroke while they do it. I want to try to practice having that good breaststroke long course with some aerobic free swimming. I think it's good for them. Oh, that's a shame you're not going to try and kill them. I like it when you kill them. <laughs> That'll be later. That'll be Monday. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, guys, Bowley and uh, Vince, how long are you staying out there? We're here till Saturday, so we'll try and watch the men. There's a dual meet against Wisconsin on Saturday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We might get the first hour of that before we've got to head back to Los Angeles. Right. And then you go, where, where do you go next? We're going to San Diego for a couple of days uh, as a group of coaches that the uh, nine of us come together. Then I think we're going out to see Eddie in Texas for mm -hmm. three days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, we're linking up with uh, Greg Mann at Stanford for about three mm -hmm. days at the end. So we get back into Australia on November the 5th. So we're out here for just over two weeks. Beautiful. Awesome. So it's all nice and friendly now, but the next time you guys see each other on the deck, it's going to be war, right? It'll still be friendly. Always friendly. <laughs> we love the Americans. Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, as an Australian swimmer, former Australian swimmer, uh, I know for a fact the Americans always made us better. You know, that was just the you the Americans were the gold standard. Always have been. Always will be. In that sense, um, you know, we 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 always looked at America as as the leaders. And so it's it's not it's incredible that you guys are out here doing this. Um, it's a it's a good example for the younger coaches to show that. You know, this is how the best get better, you know, and uh, and, I, and I appreciate you guys really sharing ideas too. You know, I talk to Keenan all the time. Him and I are on text message. I love talking to Keenan because he's just a, he's a swim nerd, you know, he loves it. And, um, and, and he's, like I said, he's been on the deck watching some of the greatest athletes in history. And, um, and so I just love the fact that you guys are willing to share today. Uh, there's a huge guest, uh, people watching this show. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Um. Again, just thank you. I appreciate your time, Bob. Thanks for letting us into your office and, and taking sure. the time. You know, one thing I want to say is the thing, well, the way I believe this, and I think most American coaches, we see this. I don't know that anybody loves swimming like Australians do. Mm. I love to go there. I love to be part of their swimming culture when I can, or at least observe it. Because, mm. you know, in America, there are a lot of other things going on besides swimming. And in Australia, there are a lot of other things. But I think the people of Australia love swimming in a way that mm. we don't. Uh, and it's always struck me every time I go there. I just love that. So that's a big part of it for me. I love how much they love this sport. Yeah. Well, Keenan, uh, Eric, appreciate you guys taking time out as well. And um, thanks for letting us uh, jump in here. I just love being a fly on the wall. So I wish we could sit and watch the workout today. But um, thanks again. All right. You guys have a good one. We'll catch up again. Thanks, Take Brett. care. Thanks, Brett. See you. Later. Thanks, guys. Good to see you guys. Oh,